Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, we've got the uh, co-producer of the Cream City Comedy <laughs> Festival. Uh, she's a dancer. She teaches yoga. Well, not yet. Well, you do yoga. <laughs> yeah. You're working on the teaching part yeah. of it, right? right yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I stand corrected. But we got Devin Settle in the house. Devin, thank you for Hi. being on the show. Thanks for having Hi. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how is your day going so far? It's going fine. Um, I just worked and then went and saw my sister for a little bit. And yeah, pretty typical Monday. Nothing, sure. nothing crazy. That's decent. Yeah, I've been in here all day. And my, it's hot in here. Holy it's shit. It's pretty muggy in here. Yeah, it got like hot. Usually like it's pretty cool in here, but yeah. it got pretty hot. Maybe it's because I'm wearing pants. I don't know. But I'm all out of like clean shorts. I need to do laundry, like really. Bad. I know, me too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, you put it off, but yeah. Um, but uh, so, well, it's good to see you again. It's been yeah. a while. I don't think I've seen you like all summer, and I ran into you at summer solstice, but that was only like five minutes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I was like on the run because like I was covering like. I covered like five artists that day. Yeah. And it was a. I was just constantly like all over the place. Didn't yeah, get a chance to sure. just chill. Yeah. But here, we get to chill. And we just happen to have a camera in front of our face. So right. I'm looking forward to it. So, Devin, what we what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk all things love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Mm -hmm. uh, something that uh, we related to, re related on, mm -hmm. like ever since we met, mm -hmm. which was at the. Cream Vellum EP release party at High Dive in March. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that's you know? right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think you like look familiar or something. I've definitely seen you before. Yeah. And then we started. We made the intro. We connected, and I see that you know you do like all kinds of cool shit. And I just thought it'd be fun to uh, you know examine how love and fear manifests in your life. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> And uh, I appreciated all your enthusiasm on talking on the topic. So to start, uh, I want to take it back and hear a little bit about your, I guess, your creative upbringing and just sort of, I guess, how like you got involved in, you know, the the yoga, the the dancing, the yeah. comedy, like how you, I guess, like how everything led up to now. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I didn't. I wasn't involved with any of that. I was actually in music growing up. Um, my mom is a musician. She plays like everything imaginable. She's mostly a harpist. Oh, but, um, oh that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then my dad, he's a writer, and they're both really supportive of me being in musical theater mm -hmm. and, you know, doing like one act plays through school, stuff like that. Um, my oldest sister is an actress and director, and my other sister was also involved in music. So, and my brother too, he was, you know, he was a little bit different, like language arts, but we were all real creative in that role. Um, but then I got to college and I was a music major, and then just like one day decided to be a dance major. <laughs> well, what did you, what did you uh, like play musically growing I, up? I played flute and then I also sang. Mm. Yeah, so... I love flute. Flute is beautiful. 
Flute is, you know, my underrated. Sister, yeah, my sister was a flutist. <laughs> yeah. I played clarinet and saxophone in middle school. I like clarinet. Clarinet is dope too, but yeah. it's hard. It's hard when you when you're a beginner clarinet, you sound terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the squeaks and everything like that. For sure. But yeah, um, well that's cool. Um, yeah. Sure. So yeah, I, I majored in dance. And then, um... And where did you, you go to school? I went to UW-Milwaukee. Oh, word. Yeah, I graduated, like, four years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then still dance mm -hmm. with a company here in Milwaukee and do my own work, so... Yeah. And then comedy, um, I actually just kind of befriended some comedians and then started going to open mics for three, four years, just kind of as, you know... A thing to do and I really enjoyed watching other people with their creative process and then um, this past year was kind of asked to hop on board which was mm -hmm. amazing that and really hard work and yeah. yeah it was great mm. yeah so like you work with like a uh, like a dance studio like down in Bayview right yeah we're um, so I don't teach at the studio usually um, it the company's name is Panadanza Okay. And um, Carly Kelly, she's the director of it. She does teach through that studio, but she has um, kind of a trifold company. She has a youth group, mm -hmm. she has an adult um, community group, and then she has a professional group, and I'm in the professional group. Mm -hmm. and it's all women. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. great. It's awesome. There's like, I don't know exactly how many, maybe like 30 people in the whole company, including some drummers that we work with. and. Yeah, we do a lot of community events, and it's great. We do, we're really well known for um, Brazilian Samba. Oh, cool. But we do Puerto Rican Bomba. We do a lot of Caribbean diaspora sure. kind of Latin dance. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Um, I remember seeing you outside of that, outside of it, that one time I was like walking to Cactus Club. I was going oh, to like yeah. cover a show, and I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, Devin, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> And then um, it's like, oh, so this is like your thing, and that's that yeah. was awesome. So um, yeah, I guess like, uh, were you like dancing growing up too? No, um, I was really active growing up. Like I did a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. I was like a athlete kid. Did you play? I played softball forever. I played soccer, volleyball, basketball, oh, wow. gymnastics, Damn. all that stuff. Yeah. You were you. You uh, knew the rules, it sounds like. The rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I started dancing, I mean, doing a little bit of musical theater. Yeah. Um, and I did like one season of Palm Squad. Oh. Yeah, yeah. they were all mean. So. Oh, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and then I started dancing in college. Um, I had a professor who I was taking a class with her as a musical theater student. And then she just pretty much said she thought I should audition. So I did. And the first two years were like the hardest ever because I had no experience. And I was dancing with girls who had been dancing since they were like three. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It was great. Probably the best you know, decision I ever made. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like being an athlete before that helped with your dance career? Um. Body connectivity is one thing, but that was also something I really needed to work on. It's a different type of connection when you're dancing than it is when you're playing sports. But just, I like to be active, you mm -hmm. know, physicality. And that's kind of how I got into yoga too. It was through the dance department and um, 
I don't know. I just really like the feeling of being really connected to my body. It's kind of the thing that keeps me sane. Oh, totally. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it's real. It's, I mean, whether it's, you know, meditation, whether it's um, using your Headspace app, which mm-hmm. I still need to do. Uh, I, Ugh, I never use that. <laughs> I, well, I, I had a therapist that, like, um, recommended it to me. Yeah. And I was using it for a little while, but now I kind of want to get back into meditation. Yeah. Um, now that I take better care of myself. Yeah, but at the sure. time, I was like, it just like wasn't for me. I was like, what's the point of this? Yeah. I think you definitely have to be kind of in the right headspace for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. For real. Right, right. Because, you know, there's a lot that comes with it if you're not in the right mentality. There's days that I go to dance or yoga where it's just like not... It's still good for me, but it's not... I'm not ready for it. Like, yeah. If I'm really far away from my mental space then mm-hmm. like there's a lot of judgment that comes oh, right. with the way that i'm moving yeah totally absolutely like yeah. when i was you know dealing with unmedicated and poorly uh, therapy guided like i wasn't going to enough therapy for sure like dealing with you know obsessive intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. being a sufferer of pure ocd yeah um, they call it Pure L, but uh, it's, you know, not really having the right uh, grasp of that first mm-hmm. didn't make, like, made it to, like, meditating and using headspace, like, it just didn't help, because, like, I, I didn't even know what I was suffering from at the time, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, but, but I digress, I mean, I'm, like, any, any kind of way to, like, Bring your yourself back to your core, whether it's mm-hmm. yoga, whether it's, you know, any sort of meditative practice. I mean, I think more of us, especially in our adult lives, really need that outlet to, yeah. you know, to curve our our restlessness and our Definitely. relenting and unrelenting anxiety. Yeah, I just started <clears throat> biking in, like, April because my car broke down. Oh, wow. So I was biking everywhere, and that was, like, huge for me. Like, that is just like a moving meditation the entire time. I could see Um, that, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I never knew that I was going to love it so much, but it's like the number one thing for me because I don't go to therapy, I advocate for it, and then I just don't go by myself. Right. I'm terrible about that. (laughs) I found that it's... We can very easily not follow our own advice. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That's a, that is a real ass thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I do it too. So yeah, no more power. Like speaking of like love and fear, what you were mentioning before. Yeah. Like I really think that every decision that you make in life is based on that, whether it's like a subconscious decision or not, mm-hmm. and it's totally fear that I'm yeah. not going because yeah. there's certain things I don't want to face. Unpack. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah <laughs> of course. It's it's uh, way, way, way easier said than done and it's, it's a process. You know, you have, yeah. to, you have to do it in increments. You can't like, you know, do a whole thing at once. It just it doesn't work like that, you know. Yeah. But I agree, like, love and fear shape, you know, it shapes every, it, it shapes our behavior, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, uh, who we are, it 
evaluating life through that lens has made like it makes you sort of like it changes your perception of everything yeah like the way totally. you the way you think about the way things are mm -hmm. the way individuals act the way individuals think and feel about things the way entire societies are constructed mm -hmm. um even when it becomes political mm -hmm. you know i i see a lot of it through love and fear it shapes everything you know yeah. like from a small scale all the way up to the largest scale there is for sure um so i mean it's like when i think about people that are bigots you know people that are uh you know whether they're racist or they're sexist or they're just plain ignorant you know yeah a lot of it is because they are afraid of the, they see things that they're unfamiliar with mm -hmm. or that they're not exposed to as a threat. Yeah, totally. And that's why, you know, a lot of people are so afraid of, like, you know, outside of what, you know, they are so used to, like, growing up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that a lot of people, too, in those positions, like, they think they're being loving by telling their children something that they believe in but they it's like a illusion of love but it's mm -hmm. really fierce though yeah um yeah because i can't i can never imagine wanting to oppress someone who was actually already oppressed and yeah. call it a loving action right and that's the thing that's sad too because i grew up in an area that's really there's a lot of really small-minded people because it's like middle of nowhere like in the state yeah in wisconsin um it's a bit northeast of fond du lac so okay. it is just country and it's not bad people but it's people who are really misinformed but they they don't have a lot of access to different ideals because mm -hmm. it's all the same type of people, but I never really fit in with that yeah, growing right. up. Yeah. Even my family being from the South and then like, I've always been here in Wisconsin, but my parents are from the South. We were treated definitely as different by some people, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, and yeah. I think that has a lot to do with like the fear. Like some people just like can't handle anyone being anything different. Right. You know? Exactly. And then they pass those ideas on, and then the kids accept it as like, okay, my parents love me. They're telling me these things. They want a good life for me. Right. And they just accept it. Yeah. But I'm really glad that I moved out of my hometown yeah, and yeah. never went back. <laughs> I will never go back. Yeah. Well, Except good, to visit. Right, right. You know, <laughs> my but, family. But otherwise, good riddance. Yeah, yeah definitely. Totally. I, um, yeah, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, mm. south suburbs, um, and I grew up in, like, it was kind of, it was weird, like, I grew up in a suburb that was, like, pretty affluent, um, I, and it's also pretty racially diverse, mm -hmm. like, there were, you know, it was, like, a, a mix of a lot of different, you know, white families and black and brown families, like, all that kind of generally, like, coexisted in, you know, the same school districts and same, um, you know, same high school, same neighborhoods, whatever. Um, but my family was, like, generally, like, I mean, I come from a pretty poor family, uh, and being, like, a poor family in a, in a very, um, 
otherwise like pretty wealthy neighborhood mm -hmm. like I would always like sort of outcast myself mm -hmm. like I always kind of saw myself as like an outlier like because like my family didn't have that much money compared to like you know a lot of my other hometown and um, and a lot of that came from sort of that fear within myself that like I was going to be you know not accepted or I was going to be rejected because so you did it to yourself oh yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. very internalized oh yeah definitely um, and I would also you know I would blame my parents for that that mm -hmm. like why don't we have so much you know why don't we have as much money as other people like it's your guys fault mm -hmm. and I would externalize that a lot and um, and like that was just instead of you know acting out of love and, and, and accepting what they did provide for me like mm -hmm. it was always out of what I didn't have being in the suburbs like people get very clicky oh, <laughs> uh, sure. super super clicky um, people you know I, I think that people just get generally divided into classes pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, and I feel like, I mean, that's a lot of high school culture in general. Yeah. But the suburbs just makes it, kind of exasperates it. And growing up in, a, in an area where, like, you know, generally people are pretty well off, generally, like, you know, a lot of people are not as exposed like they think that we thought that like everywhere around us that you know wasn't really familiar mm -hmm. was like a bad neighborhood like that's sure. a very suburban thing is thinking that like yeah neighborhoods you're not familiar with towns you're not familiar with are like bad areas yeah, just definitely. because like they might be you know uh majority like uh a demographic of minority or that they might be you know, less income neighborhoods or what, what have you, or more crime. Yeah. It's always that sort of, that idea that they're not nice areas because it's not up to the standard that we're used to. And that's out of fear too. You know, it's like, that's why people always say like, oh, like, you know, like River West is a bad neighborhood. But, well, there's some bad stuff that has happened in Riverhouse. Right, <laughs> right. No, of course. But there's also bad stuff yeah. that happens on the east side. You know? There is. There's yeah. bad stuff that happens. Like, And I agree with that because, like, when I moved to Milwaukee, people were like, <clears throat> this is the dumbest thing. It's like, you're going to move there and you're going to get shot. Right. <laughs> that's like, what I mean. Yeah. I was like, no, that's never happened right. yeah. to me. Like, have I heard gunshots near my house? Yeah, I have. But it's, you know... It is a, a city. There, There is some of that in the city because it is, you know, Milwaukee is an incredibly segregated city. Um, but you're going to have some of that in any city, especially any, like, Midwest bigger city. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's just kind of what happens in this, like, Rust Belt kind of part of the country. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I always thought it was so ridiculous that people were saying that that I would move to Milwaukee and all these terrible things would happen. Right. And like I said, like there are areas where you do have to be more cautious. More vigilant. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Something bad can happen anywhere. Right. You know, I've moved now to a suburb outside of Milwaukee. I live in West Dallas. Mm. Way more stuff has happened yeah. <laughs> in that neighborhood. Right. But you know, I'm still safe yeah right yeah part. yeah no i agree like i mean i live in river west and i feel pretty safe like pretty much all the time yeah um i mean it's I just think not that, falling into the illusion that like 
you're going to always be safe. Right, you know? right. Yeah, and I mean, I do have, like, you know, male privilege in that, where it's yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy, so, like, I don't have to worry as much about, you know, uh, like, if I was, like, a woman walking by herself at night. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's like, um, generally speaking, like, I you know, haven't really felt threatened or anything. Um, but it's like, you know, I also have, I had heard that River West was like a bad neighborhood before I moved here. Yeah. But you know, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's a low income neighborhood for, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of like people that are low income that live here, yeah. but that doesn't make it bad. But I think that that's sort of like that sort of that connotation that gets made where it's like, just because, you know, where there's lower income, there tends to be more crime. And that caused people to be afraid of those said neighborhoods, that they're more yeah. dangerous, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, what you're saying is true, but it's also about understanding the neighborhood that you're in, you mm -hmm. know? You don't have to be, um, like, terrified of a neighborhood. Like, I go to River West all the time. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. tons that I love about River West. Oh, yeah. Like, I've worked here before. Yeah, and it's fun. There's cool people here. Yeah, I, I like it, but I also know that, like, shit happens in River mm -hmm. West all the time but it's because it is proximity to you know other neighborhoods where there is usually more crime right but you know you know people have vehicles that can take it wherever yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> so. yeah so um so luring this back into um where you um i guess in your own like uh process of like you know dancing and yeah. doing yoga and everything like that like how, like, I guess, like, like, how does yoga, I guess, and dancing, like, how does that sort of, uh, make you feel like you are, it, it gets you closer to your core? Yeah, well, with yoga, it's really a way that I center myself. Um, some of it is just physical like the the breathing exercises mm -hmm. and everything have a real effect on your nervous system your parasympathetic nervous yeah. system everything like that um so there's the physical aspect of it but also i'm a person that does really well with like a routine mm -hmm. so when i was in college i seemed busy all the time but that was really good for me um and just having a routine of like knowing which days that i'm gonna go and kind of show up for myself in that way. It's just kind of a loving act towards myself. Um, mm -hmm. Dancing, I don't know, it's, I can, it's a part of myself that I don't show off every day. Like, mm -hmm. I'm really into like kind of studying different egos of myself, different versions of myself I present to other people, which actually came from a dance that I was in in mm -hmm. college. Um, and sometimes I even, because I'm like a very anxious person a lot of the time, um, I hide it sometimes mm -hmm. very well. Yeah. <laughs> same, uh, same. yeah so. Sometimes not so much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know yeah. what you mean. Sometimes when I dance, I literally have to tell myself that I have a different name and that I'm a different person. I come up with like backstories mm -hmm. because I don't know, it's just kind of a a way to tap into a more confident version of myself yeah. when the 
less confident version wants to take over. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I guess that's a way of centering is like, it's not pushing something away, but it's like gathering all the bits and pieces together to kind of mold a more stable mm -hmm. version of myself. And then I think if I can do that, then I'm able to help other people better. Mm -hmm. And I really like helping people. Of so course. that's the love, right? Yeah, yeah, I really like helping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I, yeah, like it really is. Um, there's a certain beauty to um, helping someone feel like you know what they do matters. Helping someone feel seen and heard, mm -hmm. and just helping somebody get to that point that you know either you have achieved and you want to share it with somebody or um or if you're also working towards that and like you know you just uh um want to help somebody get there too mm -hmm. um yeah no, that's i mean that's really important it's good you know shout out teachers right yeah for sure my sister's a teacher absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and i don't know teachers have been like the biggest influence on me Mm -hmm. You know, like, everybody seems to think that being a dance major, it's a lot of just, like, performance, but, like, you get the best lessons out of being in dance. And I think that's even probably more than just moving. Like, there's the physicality that I love, mm -hmm. but you get so much out of being in dance because you learn... Lots of life lessons, oh, yeah. you know? Right, right, you do! Right. And it's it's a very philosophical art form to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So every class is new. Nothing is ever the same, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what are some of your like, personal favorite uh, styles of dance? Personal favorites? Um, I don't really do it, but I love dance hall from Jamaica. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. um, I like a lot of West African styles. Um, let's see. I mean, my training in school is mostly in modern, which I always will have a love for. And I feel like my body kind of, I don't know if it's just because I have so much training in it or if my body really does just gravitate towards it. Mm -hmm. um, what else? I really love dancing bomba. Okay. That's the with the skirts. If you've seen the pictures. oh yeah, yeah. There's just something about the playfulness. So there's like there's a head drummer that they call the primo, um, and then there's the dancer, and it's a conversation between the primo and the dancer, and you're kind of trying to throw each other off. Oh wow. He's trying to follow you, so sure. it's just really playful, and there's no way that you can't be like right in the moment. Um, I don't know, I just really, it's a very powerful dance. I was never, I, I appreciate ballet dancers for their dedication. Mm -hmm. Boy, that was never for me. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but whew, not mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, I've seen like, uh, I've seen some hip hop dancing. That shit is rigorous. The dancers in the city, the hip hop dancers, are amazing. Oh, yeah. Shout out V Adams, my teacher. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's lots of dancers here in the city that are incredible. Um, hip hop is kind of new to me. I've done it a couple of times over the years, and I'm just starting to get into it because I love it. Yeah. But that's the love and fear right there. I don't do it because I am new to it. Mm -hmm. 
It's the same reason I don't do stand-up. I oh, yeah. love it. Right. But if I am not perfect at something oh God, at the beginning, yeah. it's really hard for me to do it. Right. I 100% get that. Like, yeah. it's not something where it's like you can feel confident enough to just pick up and do. You know, it's yeah. sort of that easing into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, speaking of comedy, so, like, what have you observed about, like, the love and fear that goes into stand-up comedy from like, I mean, you've, yeah. you've seen a lot of, I mean, obviously you work in that, that circuit too. I think, um, I won't say that comedians are fearless because they still also have that like voice of failure. You oh, know, yeah. I've talked to plenty of friends who say that's always with them, the fear of bombing on stage. Um, but okay. I am really impressed by the ability to go ahead and like present material that might not go over well, you know, but the community itself is really supportive, you know, they're a tight knit group of people really welcoming right. to new people trying things out. Um, and yeah, they support each other constantly, which mm -hmm. is great. So I'd say it's a very loving thing, even, even yeah. in their failures, you know, nobody's ever gonna, you know, like beat you down because totally. unless you're coming in there like, you know, with some racist shit. Right, right. <laughs> Unless you have it coming. Yeah. yeah. If you're not funny and you're terrible, they just get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, if, yeah, it takes some real uh, talent and also just uh, patience and um, just uh, ability to uh, read crowds to make people laugh that you don't know personally. Yeah. Because, like, I like to think I'm funny, yeah. um, but I'd say, like, generally, I'm funny to the people that know me. You know, yeah. I'm funny to the people that I work closely with that just know me and know my humor style. Yeah. And you don't get that right away with people most of the time. Yeah. Um, like, generally, it's like you're funny to the people that know you, um, but yeah. people don't really identify you as, like, a funny person right off the bat when... They're, when they don't know you and like are just and your first impression is you know being up on stage with a mic and telling jokes and stuff like I feel like that's where I mean that that takes immense skill and, and, yeah. and all that to be able to do that make people that don't even know you laugh yeah the thing is like I can feed off of people really well I'm I'm good at like being like playing off of people right yeah if i've just met them or if i've known them for a long time but i think it's just really impressive that people can like write a joke write a bit and present it because that takes like a different level of um intelligence also oh yeah you know honestly right. like yeah. to be there's a couple of people in this city who are just like really killing it mm -hmm. and I I don't know I'm I've seen their material multiple times and I'm still impressed every single time mm -hmm. that I see them totally which is great about the festival some people also from out of town were here and it's just really you know it's really refreshing to kind of just see what people are working on yeah absolutely um yeah I yeah I mean I humor is such a valuable tool and it's so mm -hmm. like it, Humor is just so, like, cool, like, the way it just, <laughs> how it just manifests in, in so much, yeah. um, 
like memes, you know, like are you know memes? Yeah, <laughs> memes, <laughs> memes are you know <laughs> right. You know, memes are just so have revolutionized the way that people share information and the way people like respond to things in the media and how yeah. people, you know, just make light of situations and thanks to technology, of course. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I I mean, I was always taught to like by my parents to make humor out of like as as much of a situation as I can and like I grew yeah. up in a very sarcastic family like humor was just always very part of my interactions yeah. with people and stuff but um and that's why it's just I don't know it's cool how much like it it's like one of the healthiest coping mechanisms you can have in a lot of ways I mean sometimes it can I mean sometimes it can be um I mean it can be problematic if you're making jokes or making fun of things that well, yeah, shouldn't I mean. be that are terrible, right? Yeah. But in a lot of ways, it it's it's you know it's a great yeah, medicine. You know, like the search for joy, even when it's dark times. Yeah. You know. Right. I feel like that's why people you know rely and share memes so much mm -hmm. because social media has made a lot of us more anxious and more depressed in a lot of ways. And I think that memes are like sort of a, uh, um, a mechanism to cope with that, with the huge influence of social media on our culture now. Um, when I was growing like, I'm also, I don't know, just, it's, I, I, I also can't get over the fear of like that, of like telling jokes on stage. I could never do that either. <laughs> At least I don't see myself over Yeah, I mean, I've gone back and forth with it because I do have, like, a fear of being on stage. That's kind of, like, why I stopped um, the music major, even though, like, there's plenty of times that I'm, like, I want to get back to music, mm -hmm. too. Um, but that's the thing. It's, like, I might have an idea that's really funny, and my friends will think it's funny my friends tell me i'm funny you know yeah yeah but the idea of getting up there and being like it's my time to be funny now right it's really right. scary yeah um i've done like two things before on stage for comedy other than you know producing mm -hmm. and yeah one of them involved dance so it wasn't scary for me i was just oh, kind wow. of like helping out a friend with his set but, um, gives a sense of familiarity that you're comfortable with. Yeah. yeah, I can. You don't have to look at people when you dance, which is great. That's yeah, <laughs> so. that helps. yeah right. Yeah. 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 When I was growing up, one of the like my, my biggest fears was telling a joke and no one laughs. Like that was one of like the worst things, like the most humiliating things when yeah. I was growing up was if I like would make a joke and it would just get no love. I would like want to crawl into a hole. The worst is happens. when they go, what do you mean? Yeah. When they just, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't know, I guess I'll just die. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah, when they just don't even acknowledge that it's a joke, that's, yeah. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. Uh, so, mad love to the stand-up comics. Um, For sure. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that takes some immense... Uh, just, just immense um, willpower to do that. Um, I guess, like, how do you feel um, you're still, I guess, like, working through some of your fear with, like, dancing and, and uh, yeah. getting better with your yoga and just, I guess, accomplishing your own personal goals? 
yeah um well with dance part of it is trying new styles or maybe not even new but just you know trying out everything that I can um, because it's good to be a new student you know yeah I think it really gives me perspective into the forms that I maybe study more often yeah right um, and also learning as much as I can about the styles that I am in like recently I played music with some percussionists rather oh, than cool. dancing mm -hmm. and that was so scary but oh, it was yeah. so rewarding like that's cool it was a crazy adrenaline rush because I was playing maracas like super mm -hmm. fast um with yoga I don't think I have a ton of fear in yoga other than just like maybe not trusting my weight or something in a stance um, I guess one thing is now I'm going for my teaching certification and that's investment so that that's a real big decision yeah. to go for it but I feel I feel good about it um, I think maybe the thing that I struggle with though sometimes is like ego mm -hmm. in yoga like appreciate where I am and where I've come from because I see someone next to me further ahead yeah and that's just it's dumb to do and I know that but it's difficult um, especially with you know I can't help it I follow things on Instagram these amazing beautiful yogis but then I also have to remember that a lot of them are maybe like trained dancers or yeah. even acrobats sometimes right. you know it's like the whole followers thing is really it gets to me even oh, though yeah. I know I know I shouldn't be there. Makes people do things that they wouldn't do otherwise, that's for sure. Yeah, which I don't love, but yeah. it's also kind of nice. Like, I try to spin in a positive light where I look towards goals rather than trying to, like, put myself down that I'm mm -hmm. not at that point. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the fear that comes with may come with both your dancing and especially your yoga could be what you're escaping um like you know mentally or just personally for sure uh by doing it you know um like we were talking about earlier like a lot of people do like yoga because it just helps them feel more mentally and physically better mm -hmm. um like so you said you're like a pretty anxious person in general like i guess like what in life seem like um, oh, you're getting into the dark stuff. Oh, maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, whatever you're comfortable with. We're having one out of six. I'm oh, dear. No, oh, whoa. No, uh, no, but yeah, I guess like uh, what like does, I guess, because I mean, anxiety is just entirely a fear-driven yeah. response. I guess like what does like make you most anxious in life? Um, not being as good as the best people around me mm. yeah mm. it really is like it's been a thing and i can like remove myself and appreciate the fact that someone may have been studying longer or just have more of a you know more ability natural ability towards something mm -hmm. but i have a really hard time with that yeah. um with not looking down on myself because i'm not as good as someone 
near me. Mm-hmm. And it stops me from doing a lot of things. Yeah. It stops me from drawing comedy. It stops me maybe from dancing as fully as I can sometimes because I see someone else and I it's so weird. It's this like dichotomy going on. I can like be so into watching that person and celebrating them for how incredible they are but then also there's so much baggage that comes with it Mm -hmm. that like i'm not at the point where they are and i'm just never gonna be there so that's that's really a thing that holds me back a lot Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to work through it yeah i used to just kind of run away from that feeling but now i'm trying to kind of honor that feeling of being like i've heard enough people tell me that like I'm a person that they look up to and bored by. <laughs> no, hey, uh, <laughs> it's been a long day, um, very long day, but yes. Yeah, I've heard, it, I've heard it enough times and I don't think that people would lie about it, mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to feel that way because I am still, like I was made fun of a lot in high school and... What do people make fun of you for? Um, God. They, you know, I, my graduating class is like, I don't know, 110 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just really different. I was into different music. I mean, I had friends. Right, yeah. But I was into different music. I was like really skinny. This is, gonna, this is terrible. They called, they would ask me if I was a Holocaust. Oh survivor. my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that. You're not the first person to, talk, to yeah. say it. Like yeah. people say that about like, um, really skinny people and stuff. I've yeah. held, I've had health issues because I get migraines. Yeah. Um, so people would make fun of me in weird ways by like bringing me bottles of water because I'd get dehydrated, and I was like, I don't know. I guess thank you. Yeah. Like, right. why is this a way to make fun of a person? Yeah. I don't know for being ugly. Like that's what they would say in high school. I like. I'm fine with myself now, but yeah. I was definitely a little bit of a duckling. <laughs> it's okay. Up. I, I, I was too, though. Yeah. I, I was made fun of for being blonde. I'm actually like more red now. Yeah. But I was bullied yeah. from for being the blonde kid. Yeah. Um, I yeah like I don't know like I similar to you like in in some ways like. I don't know what it was about me that made me different, but I just, yeah. you know, was always sort of like, I felt like I was always, I viewed myself as different. And yeah. that makes you that much more insecure about it when people sure. do make fun of you um, growing up. And yeah, and back to what you're saying about like the anxiety, like, yeah, it's a feel, fear of failure. It holds you back from doing so much. I know. I never want to fail. <laughs> yeah, right. But and it's like and it's it's that such, you know, uh, intense um uh dread of like being negatively evaluated um that can be enough to, you know, make you just make people just not even try or to yeah. just not even, you know, exert that effort. That's why like that's why there's a lot of people that say they're going to do things and they never do them. For sure. Um, which happens to be like one of my biggest pet peeves. But like when people like are full of like empty promises. Mm-hmm. But I. Uh, but also important for myself to understand in that is that you know a lot of people are just you know they live in fear. You know they have a lot of baggage that they haven't unpacked. Yeah. Which 
everyone is going to be at a different rate with you. Yeah, and that's it's really hard, especially the stuff that comes when you're younger, because those are your first experiences. Mm -hmm. Those are your first few years in life, and yeah. I think that maybe like me continuing to dance and continuing to go you know into yoga and do these things that I always thought were like really beautiful yeah it's it is definitely I do see it as like a loving act towards myself even though sometimes I am afraid while doing them mm -hmm. you know um yeah it's it is it takes a long time to get over it I'm like only just starting to kind of admit these things too like mm -hmm. I used to just be very avoidant yeah. of things that I was afraid of. Mm -hmm. And so, now I'm yeah. slowly stepping into them and I'm still scared every time, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, I have coping mechanisms, like creating the different egos for myself, but right. like whatever crazy way works to get me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if totally. I need a little security blanket and telling myself that I have a different name that night, then like, I don't care. I'm still doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, the security blanket's a really good uh, metaphor. For yeah. It. Um, yeah. I. Yeah. I definitely think there's things that are entirely irrational that I have phobias of, but uh, you know, I'm and I'm nowhere near dealing with them yet. Yeah. Don't know if I ever will fully. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, I think that we as human beings aren't necessarily always meant to face certain fears. Mm. Um, we're just taught to cope with them when they happen. Um, mm. I think that that's, I feel like- There's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. right, yeah. I, yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel that. And, you know, there was, a lot that like, you know, I also ran away from and was avoidant before, you know, I was mm -hmm. comfortable admitting it to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, among them are just, you know, even simple things about like gender and sexuality. People are terrified of, of, uh, of acknowledging for that exact reason. And that's something I also wanted to tie into this was that, you know, I think that the media shapes many of our fears. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like, you know, who gave someone else the idea that I was ugly when I was younger? Beauty standards. Yeah. I All mean, right. why was someone telling me when I was 13 that I was ugly? And also, why did it matter if I was ugly or pretty? Like, I could have been ugly as hell. But yeah, <laughs> why yeah, does it right. matter when you're 13? It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, right. who cares? Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I do care. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely driven by the media. That's probably why I feel best when I'm biking in nature, is I'm away from it all. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's true. I've been watching Planet Earth this whole oh, past week, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just been so meditative, like watching animals. I know, I love like, nature. I love, yeah, nature is so great. I, I need to like be in nature a lot more than I allow myself to, but that's why a lot of people like to have a lot of plants in their house, pets, just yeah. having some form of life around them because it's like, you know, it's just calming to have other life being sustained around you, you know, yeah. at all times, you know. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, I think that the media is the re- the way vi- or, uh, fear gets um, induced through the media in a lot of ways. I mean, that's what caused a lot of violence mm-hmm. uh, against different groups. Uh, hatred, yeah. you know, intolerance, bigotry, discrimination, all that is fear-driven. Mm. Um, and... Uh, you know, take some unlearning things that you know you were you, you were uh, taught to uh, to realize, but for, as a result of that media. But once you do, you find yourself just acting out of love towards every person, and that's a really, really uh, powerful gift. Yeah, and I think if you have the means to do so, like branching out, even if it's not like traveling the world, which like I've been very lucky that I actually have been able to go into a couple of different countries Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, And that has a huge impact on the way that I see other people, Mm -hmm. you know, being in someone else's culture. Yeah. So far away from my own. Like, I've been to Japan and China, and it's just so... Oh, wow. It is a different world. It's a different world. I want to go out there. Yeah. If you ever have a way to do it, I suggest doing it. But it's, you know, I was 18 and voting for, you know, McCain, because I just grew up in a town that was Republican, and that was in me, and... Not that I'm saying that every Republican is bad, I'm not saying that, but I think that those ideas were forced upon me, and now I'm very different than I was when I was younger. Oh, I I, I agree. Just (laughs) being around different people is so healthy. Yes, yeah, and uh, we're in a great city to do that. Yeah. There's so many different types of people here. Yeah. Um, So. All right, Devin. Oh, wow. Oh, that's bright. There we go. That's better. <laughs> yeah, it takes a second to adjust. Yeah. Um, all right, Devin, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night. Keeps me up at night? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, my own thoughts about what's coming tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> Definitely keeps you up, right? Yep. What puts you to sleep, though? Um, my cat. Oh, hell yeah. Shout out cats. Yeah, cats are... Uh, She's so soft. I know, know, right? Oh my god, they're so cuddly. Yeah, I... If my door didn't, like... Um, if my door didn't <laughs> shut, like, then I, I would let my cats into yeah. my room overnight. But yeah. if I fall asleep and they're in there, then I can't... Then they're going to be stuck in there all night, you know, yeah. so... Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Had a ton of fun <laughs> talking love and fear. Don't let your fear of failure prevent you from trying new things. Thanks and so. also know that, you know, it just take it's a, it's all a process, you know, to overcome all your obstacles. So thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.